Computer, initialize Holosuite. Space, the final frontier. Let's see what's out there. There are a million things in this universe you can have, and there are a million things you can't have. It's no fun facing that, but that's the way things are. You can deny me all you want. But you cannot deny Ben Sisko. Exist. Dismissed. Let's start with expression four. Get out. Hello, hello, and welcome to her first track. I am her, and I am Katie. That makes me sound really important. I'm yeah. not that important. You are super important. Mm. Not as important as me today, though. Why today? Today is my birthday. Oh, yeah. I told you before we went on that this episode was going to air on my birthday. And now I can see that in your face, it's like, I'm not playing along with this game. <laughs> it's not my birthday as we record this. But Happy birthday! I saw an attempt to steal the night as another birthday for me as we recorded tried. this. It was worth a shot. You tried. You're a bit like the Queen today with her two birthdays. Yeah. If I'm right, I believe I'm sharing this birthday with Easter Sunday, which happens quite often. This is the first time we am sharing it having children, though. So the day really isn't about me. That's fine. My second birthday in lockdown. Yeah. So I'm a two-time lockdown birthday champion. Mm-hmm. There's a time where I thought I might be the only one out of our family and to do it. And now everyone's had and, one. Yeah, now we've gone all the way around and like we're starting again. Yeah. Like you might be out race. of it by the time your birthday comes. I find it unlikely. It's unlikely. I agree. So I'm 35 now as this podcast goes out. That's a bit depressing, isn't it? That's officially middle age. Now, I don't think I'm going to live to 70 years old. Great. Just letting you know now. But... No, I wasn't being silent. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm joking. Oh, I see. But I think, like, in your head, though, like, you assume people get to 70, isn't it? You get to 70, and after that... That's a good innings. Whatever. So it's always in your head. You're going to live to your 70. So at 35, I'm like, I'm halfway there. I'm halfway you better make there. the other half super special. Yeah, I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. But I've got to raise these damn children first. Survive raising them. Yeah, yeah, 70 might be a real hmm. <laughs> a real long shot the, the way they go. Especially if it. we keep having to do homeschooling and stuff. Oh my God, it's a killer. It's a killer. Tell me about Harrison's birthday whilst you're on the subject. Oh. You did a lot of planning for it the night before. I did. You smashed through it. We have a night each, don't we, a week where from 6pm, one of us, depending on which day I take, I normally take a Tuesday, you typically take a Thursday. From 6pm, you get to, well, because of lockdown, <laughs> still stay in the house, but... Go upstairs or into another room and just have a child-free night where the other one then will put the kids to bed, all those things, be on call with the kids. And on this occasion, Harrison's birthday fell on my night, so I took the night before for myself and I used that to record a new podcast, things like that, uh, get some business done. And you used the evening to do what? Create a birthday extravaganza. It was good, it was pretty badass. It was. It took ages, though. It did take you, like, oh, what, three? Two and a half hours two and to half hours, say three decorate hours. the room and wrap all the presents and blow up the balloons. Bought a pump, though. So you smart thinking. We didn't I have know. helium, though, for the... No, we did not. The helium balloons that needed them, which would have looked really cool. But normally, you can buy that from Tesco. But at the moment, it is not essential. Yes. I beg to differ. It's also not good for the world. No, that's true. So technically, I don't think we should even be able to. I remember someone saying that there was a a different gas which is that got discovered or something that was similar to helium, had the same sort of properties, but it wasn't damaging, and people were going to start using that instead. But I can't remember which one. It it wasn't low in quantities. We're on a Star Trek podcast, so if anyone's going to know, 
where or if that story is true. I might be less. making that up. You could be. Something to talk about. dreams. So we're here to talk about Star Trek this week. Yeah. As we are every other week when we drop an episode. Hang on, what? Yeah, you did, you did see the running order for this. Yeah. Mm. Thank you to everyone, by the way, who uh, is a, pa- a patron of Nerdsense86, which is my website, nerdsense86.com. We do a tracky package on there, which gives early access to episodes of her first track, the exclusive after show as well, which uh, normally has Katie typically just ranking the episodes of the week in her order and a few final thoughts as well and a lot of other stuff on there so thank you uh, to all my patrons who are on there and thank you to all of you who are listening to this show whichever app you're using a big thank you but please make sure you hit that subscribe button and if you get a chance please rate us uh, five stars ideally anything below that please don't hit that button don't wreck us on the algorithm <laughs> we really want to know your opinion yeah unless it's bad in which and then case we- do not want to hear it. Yeah, because we don't have time for negativity. No, we're all about positivity, yeah? Mm. You were a very positive person when I met you. What a veiled way of saying I'm no longer a positive person. Well, you were too positive when I met you. A ray of sunshine I used to always think of you as. Mm. Always smiling. I mean, I say that like it's a bad thing, but look at what's happened now. Seven years or whatever with me. I've, You've got me right where you want Yeah, me. I've managed to crush you and take away all that positive cheer. I'm oh. joking. You're still cheery. You're still happy. You're tracky as well. What would you prefer, Ray of Sunshine, Katie, or Tracky Katie? Oh God, Tracky Katie every time. See, I want to like kick and stomp on Ray of Sunshine, Katie. Yeah, remember how I used to wake <laughs> you up in the morning? Oh God, Jesus! I'd be like, the sun's awake, so so are you. Yeah, and you let's would... go and have fun. You would like pull the curtains open, like you know, in a musical yeah. or something, and they like yank the curtains oh, open. What a beautiful morning. Yeah. And just be loud, and I just, oh, it's the most offensive thing mm. ever. And I'd rip the duvet off you. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Horrible. But didn't we have fun? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. Well, you stuck around. I barely remember life before my children. So. That's true. They've wiped the slate clean. <laughs> they have. I've forgotten all the good times before them. It's like 50 first dates. You know, she wakes up every morning and she's like, <laughs> don't know what happened yesterday. Who was that? Drew Barrymore with Adam Sandler, was yeah. it? Yeah. They've done a couple. They have. They're good mates. Yeah. Adam nice Sandler. Pairing. He does tend to work with the same people all the time. Yeah. Maybe it's only like certain people can put up with him. So he just carries them around with him everywhere. <laughs> it might well be that, yeah. So um, we are talking about three episodes again this week. It's a nice formula for us right now. I don't want us to ever drop down to one episode a week because that means it's going to take us probably about 25 years to complete this show. <laughs> we're already we're already pushing it anyway. Uh, we're doing TOS, which is back on the menu uh, this week. I can't remember if we spoke about it last time or not. Uh, TNG and Deep Space Nine. So for Deep Space Nine, we'll be talking about The Passenger. And then for TOS, we're talking about Mud's Women. And for TNG, The Next Generation, we are talking about the battle and a bit of Picard's history. So, Katie, spin your wheel. What are we going to talk about first? I've forgotten. The passenger. Oh. You spent so long Sorry, I was like, spinning your wheel that it took you that long <laughs> that, like, that what, you forgot. What's going on here? Who am I? The so passenger. I want to talk to Dr. Bashir. Unfortunately, he's not available at the moment. Is he all right? 
His body is, how do you humans say it? Fit as a fiddle. Looks rather good on me, don't you think? What have you done to his mind, Vandeker? It was necessary to render him unconscious for the time being. However, I might consider leaving his body and returning him to you. But first, you must release your tractor beam. I can't do that. Now, Katie, we're back on the trend of you telling us about this episode. Let's keep it short. Let's keep it succinct. I'll try. Do it in your style. Okay. I want to hear what you took from this episode. I cannot remember several names or alien species names. Ready? Go. Okay. Bashir and Kira are somewhere on a spaceship and they are chatting and julian's just being like his general arrogant self i feel like that's important to the story kira's actually like eh, semi-impressive yeah not too bad and then anyway they go onto the ship and they there's a fire and they're like there's two life forms on here and the woman's like nah it's just me they're like no no there really is someone behind this door and she really doesn't want them to go in there and it's this guy who's like unconscious and she's like it's his fault he started the fire so he could escape he's a prisoner and they're like no no we must help him because we're so starfleet and then Julian's like, ah, oh, let's help him. Then when he's on the floor with him, the guy wakes up and puts his hand around Bashir's neck. And he's like, yeah. he says like, let me live or something. Yeah. And then he dies. But they, they all like beam away anyway. And then the woman who is on the ship is really reluctant to accept that this guy is actually dead. Yeah, because she's like his jailer. And yeah. he's faked his death and stuff. Yeah, she's like, he before. has done this in a myriad of ways. Yes. So I want an autopsy on him. And Bashi's like, he's dead, okay? And she's like, no, no. And she, like, makes him do one anyway. But he is dead. It's him. And he's dead. But she's just not convinced at all. There's also, I do remember this, there's a shipment of deridium. Yeah, let's call it that. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Let's just call it deridium. Something really important (laughs) coming. Deridium. Let's just call it the big D. Deridium? Deridium. I don't know. Something really important. Um, she's like, oh, I bet it's to do with this. So she's like sneaking around the ship and she goes tumbling off some balcony and she's like, he's still here. I know he's still here. And then Quark, who's just being his general dick self, is obviously oh. involved with someone trying to steal the, the big D. He's there with his little cronies and the, no one's seen anything. Like no one knows who it is. And then it turns out that the evil fire prisoner guy is in Bashir and they have to escape or they're trying to escape on a little ship with all this big D. Yeah. And because the big D uh, helps him to like prolong his life or something, wouldn't it? Oh, is that why? I can't remember. Yeah. And then Cisco has to like tractor beam them and he's like, Hey, I'm going to go to warp if you don't let go of me with this tractor beam. I'm going to blow up your precious arrogant ass doctor. And Cisco's like, well, it's not going to happen. And then... Cisco's probably like, yeah, just walk yeah, away, Yeah, take mate. him. Do me a favour, actually. Yeah. Less paperwork. Yeah. Less HR problems, let's face <laughs> it. Um, but it turns out, because Dax is super smart, she found a, like, microchip thing underneath the prisoner's fingernails, and he transferred his consciousness to Julian. And that's how he did it. Hmm. Yeah. And then they managed to knock it out of him and... Yeah, and then he comes back and he's like, what? What happened? But I reckon he knew. I reckon it was just him the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing this episode is that I predicted the outcome in the teaser. Remember I said to you, I wish I hadn't said anything now, but when he grabs onto Julian's neck 
and he says whatever the line was, you know, make me live or something like that. It was to me obvious that he transferred his conscious in some way, and I was kind of waiting for the episode to actually surprise surprise me with something else. And I don't know if maybe part of it is you know. Yes, this came out in 1993 or whenever it was. But for me, I've seen a lot of science fiction. So maybe it could be that that made me sort of predict it. But I was a bit disappointed when it happened. But I, I did enjoy the, the lead up to it. And I was always kind of waiting. I was like, oh, are they going to yeah, they're gonna do something else? Are they going to surprise oh, there me? There was that really random character. You know, the, the security guy. Oh, yeah. And I was like, the maybe Starfleet it's security him. Guy. Because I've never seen him before. Yep. Don't really feel like I'm going to see him again. And if I do, I probably won't remember him because he was really like nothingy. So I was like, maybe it's him. And then everyone thought it was the woman, the prison guard woman. Yeah. So I was like, maybe it's her. Maybe they're right. But it was just exactly what you said in yeah, the first like ten seconds. So well, we didn't really talk about the security guy. So the security guy was there. He'd come to the station, I guess, as Starfleet's representative for like heading up security. And hmm. uh, he was stepped on Odo's toes straight away, disagreed with how Odo did things, went to Cisco about it, and Cisco slapped him back into shape. That's Remember that? Down. Yeah, he just was like, yeah, you need to watch your damn mouth, know what you're talking about. Uh, and then Odo tried to quit, and Cisco mm. was like, you ain't quitting, you're staying right here. Nice Cisco impression. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do a Cisco impression, I was trying to sound jovial. Did I not sound jovial? No. Oh. No. I was trying to think about how I would do a Cisco impression, but he's very like, don't be silly, Odo. You can't quit. I won't accept your resignation. Now get out. Now yeah. I feel you got more into Jean-Luc's I did. I, I, I lost it towards the end. You did. You, you know what? You know what? I mean, he's quite like short with his words, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. And yeah. his his face is a bit like not twitchy, but his his facial expressions are very definite. God, I love Cisco. We're just talking about him now, and I'm just I love him. I'm not there yet. I actually don't know how to be typically jovial though. Just on that subject. Mm. Anyway, uh, yes, this Starfleet guy was being a real pain in the ass. Now, typically, in most science fiction things, or any show, really, he would be the guy who actually was evil. The person you've never seen before, like you said, you don't know who they are, and they're going to be the the evil one. But whilst I was sad that they went with Bashir, I guess I should be more grateful that they didn't do the, the typical... Nor- but what I didn't understand with him is that, like, what was the point of him really... Being there? Being there, because there was enough going on. There was already the storyline with, like, Quark... I don't know if it's Quark or Quark. I call him Quark, but it's Quark. It is, it's quark. But I, Quark. I call him Quark. Just call him Quark. His Just piss whole off the thing with like being a sneaky little shit. Oh, he's a dick. I, I, oh, don't get me started. How is he still there? What? He's dirty. He's shady. He is shady. And what's he still doing there? Surely Cisco would have booted him out by now. But Cisco made him stay, if you remember. Yeah, why Because he knew that a Quark could keep some life going on the promenade and, and get like a return to normal going on. And actually, Quark's anyway. very useful for Odo. If Odo wanted to, he could he could arrest Quark. Yeah, but, but it he seems knows like that no one likes him. But you know, like when you see these crime shows where sometimes they have a source, like the, the detective yeah, has a source, and they don't touch that person because that person gets them through to other people. I feel like yeah. Quark's not a source in the sense of he doesn't provide Odo the information Odo needs. Odo knows he can get to people through through Quark. So. But it's kind of ridiculous because he was going to do something highly illegal and he's still there. That's what Scary Guy was trying to point out, wasn't it? So I, I was really, confused. is that guy bad or well, does he just yeah, has he point. just switched on? He was Starfleet through and through. But like Cisco said to him, though, you know, you're going to have to forget some of your training out here. Yeah, I didn't really get why he was there because Cisco didn't seem to really want him there. He wasn't being installed as like a head of security or anything. Was he just like an audit guy? I don't know. It was weird. Like, I felt like that storyline was super unnecessary. Because there was so much going on to keep us entertained. We didn't need that. Yeah, I actually liked it. 
Really? I was just a bit yeah. like, leave Odo. He was a to... drip. He was a massive drip. You are an Odo fan. I do like Odo. Maybe that's why yeah. I got so pissed you're off. De- you're defensive guy. of him. Defensive? I don't know what you're talking about. Wow, if you could all see the rage in her face right now. Okay, so let's talk about the, the main storyline and the murderer mm. in Julian's body. Fan of that story? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, probably would have been slightly more interesting had I not already known, it known about it. Because <laughs> when you make predictions, you've already seen it. Yeah. So you're usually right. So. <laughs> right, hang on now. That That's as if I'm just a spoiler guy sitting there, which is yeah, dropping like, out these little nuggets. Sometimes, though, I'll make a prediction and I'm right. And you're like, oh, that's a good point. And I'm like, you have seen all of these shows before. Right, yeah, but I haven't seen these episodes in so long. I legit do not know what's happening. When you get into later DS9, I will have to be careful because I, you know, I know, well, at least I know all the big story beats. I don't know the small story points and stuff. But the big beats I know. But yeah, I generally don't remember them. We were watching a Voyager in preparation for another recording we're doing. And I had a rough idea of the end result. But I had no idea how it got there. Like, I couldn't remember any of that. So, I'm your spoiler guy. Just call yourself the spoiler. It sounds like a Star Trek episode title. The spoiler. The battle. The passenger. The spoiler. <laughs> the spoiler. Well, they're going to run out of names eventually. Yeah, I feel like this is why there's some track episodes have such long names now. Because there's just like, well, all the one-word names are gone. Can we put a there in front of it? Uh, not this particular word. Mm. Now you get like crazy episode titles. One of my favourite episode titles of Star Trek is That Sweet Sorrow from Discovery Season 2 finale. Just putting that out there anyway. Just to give the love to Discovery. Sorry to The other big D off. in our lives. Yeah, that is the big D. It's the only big D in my life. It's my birthday, Katie. You can't be insulting me like that. Sorry, I will also accept that the other big D is Derillium. Derillium. Oh, jeez. D. D. (laughs) Julian wanted to find a big stash of D. To support all his other fucking ventures. (laughs) Your language is atrocious on the show anymore. I get really annoyed with him. Between him and Quark. Quark. Poor Dax. Oh, God. I mean, she's surrounded by inappropriate men. Men on heat. Yeah. Yeah. On screen and off screen, from what I understand of her experience. Mr. Berman, you have a lot to answer for. Who? Rick Berman. So he was actually in charge of Star Trek after Gene Roddenberry. Oh. So before Alex Kurtzman had it now, it was Rick Berman. And Rick Berman was, um, well, it's only come out in time since, a little bit of a a knob, a bit of a pervert, all these things. Do do you reckon when Gene Roddenberry was interviewing (laughs) for the placement, he had one question? (laughs) Or, like, he just held up a picture of, like, a bikini-clad woman and was like, yeah. comment on this picture. And if someone didn't comment or just drooled that was or started, like, thrusting... So Rick Perlman's like, there in his interview, just, what, gyrating into the air. Into midair. Yeah. And drooling. And Gene's like, yeah. That's the guy. <laughs> I knew I could There's been a lot you. of people angry listening to how I discussed Gene Roddenberry on this show. I don't know the guy, so no. I just... I've heard rumours. I've never met him, so... No, I just mean, like... <laughs> I don't know anything about any of this. I would have been like four, I think, when he passed away, actually. Five. So what do you think of this episode then, Katie? It was all right, like... How very Welsh of you. I know. Yeah? I thought I'd just throw People that get in. an idea of how the some of the people talk in our country. Yeah, I don't normally talk like it that. It was all right, like... What the hell was that? Well, it definitely wasn't a Welsh accent. No. It was touching on a... Bris- Irish? A Bristol no. accent. Yeah. So English. It was I, like. I went completely wrong on that then. So you enjoyed it? Yeah. I enjoyed this episode. I thought it, it was, was good. It was fine. I think it had a little bit too much going on. I like that. Lots going on yeah, on the station. Yeah, but it wasn't like lots of complex storylines that came together at the end. Mm. It was like, oh, here's a bit of an audit. 
from a Starfleet person. Do they have to come together, all the stories? Well, yes. Why? Please. Why? Write cleverly. They're all doing their own <laughs> thing. I ask you for one thing. Jesus, look at this now. We're on episode eight of this show, and you've done what? Some Blast Shields a season of talking about Lower Decks, and now you're sat here talking about the writing quality, how you could do this better, that better. I'm not saying I could do it better. Welcome I'm just saying... to Trekdom. <laughs> This I'm is Trek just fandom. saying, having come backwards from Discovery... Oh, God, now, now you're being controversial. Yeah, all right. Come on, guys, come at me. Don't, actually. <laughs> I can't take it. But come at me, kind of. I've gone backwards, and now I'm like, mm, this guy was irrelevant. I don't like irrelevant characters. Okay. All right. I, I mean, the security guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he was useless. We may see him again, I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't know and you know what? I will apologise. If he comes back and ends up being someone super important, I will return to this moment in a time machine and eat my hat. Okay, but you don't need to worry about that. You I'm not here eating my hat right now, so <laughs> Ooh. must mean <laughs> Yeah, that depends on what time travel theories you go with. Timey wimey. It, it could be that you've gone back and you going back has created an alternate reality of which we are not one part of. Maybe. Wow, that's blown my mind just thinking about it. We've really gone off yeah, topic on this. Can't wait to edit this one. I've assumed they've simulated your voice somehow. I've already put data to work on it. Thank you, Will. I never made that log entry, of course, but it still leaves you with a duty to perform. I know, sir, I must report to Starfleet. That's at least one full day subspace communication to reach there. And one more full day for that answer to return. I'd like to have the truth of this by then. I'd hate to have to prepare a formal defense. I can't believe they'd ask for your command. Why wouldn't they? With the Ferengi making these friendship overtures? I could become a severe embarrassment to Starfleet. I'm certain the Ferengi are behind the faked log. No wonder they're waiting out there. Headache back, sir. Damn. I'll call the doctor again. It's no wonder with all this going on. Try to relax. Okay, so we're back with Jean-Luc and his crew of the... Well, of the, the Big D, actually. There's been a lot of that in here. <laughs> the Enterprise D. You want to give us a rundown of the plot? So... There's a Ferengi ship, and they're by Enterprise someplace, and they're trying. Enterprise are trying to get in touch with them, and they're like, "No, stand by," and they're like, "What's going on here?" And in the meantime, Picard's having these really bad headaches, and Doctor Crush is like, "A a a what?" And Picard's like, "It's a headache. Surely you've heard of a headache, you damned fool." Yeah, he keeps getting these headaches, and then at the same time, Wesley comes in. He's like, "Whoa, there's another ship coming," and it turns out. It's the Stargazer. Yeah. Well, you didn't get the relevance of that straight away. No, but I told you that that's what it was going to be because you told me about it. The spoiler. Oh, the spoiler. Told me about it while we were watching Picard again. Because we, yeah, because we watched Picard and I saw the Stargazer model and I pointed out and that was like, what, two days before we watched Mm. this episode? God. Ferengi are like, they finally get in touch and they're like, oh, hey, Picard, you're the, what do they call him? The hero of Maxia. And Jesus. Picard's like, thank you. And they're like, here, have this old ship of yours as a present from us that you help do something for us. And Picard's like, cool. So they all go over there, him, Picard and Riker and Natasha and somebody else. And then Picard's got this really like banging headache. So he has to go back to the Enterprise. Then we find out that he's got a headache because there's like this little pink glowy sphere thing that's being controlled by the Ferengi and they're yeah. sending him, not headaches, but like 
flashbacks to when he was in some battle that hero think he was there, Mas- yeah. Maxia thing and he can like smell the smoke he can see the fire and then it ends up him having like a full-blown hallucination he beams himself over to yeah but Stargazer. before that they've put in false logs which show that, that he bit. that he blew up the Ferengi ship back yeah. in the day uh, without like he fired first basically but he claims that's not how it happened but there's his voice and stuff and so he then thinks he's back in this it's like, ooh, somebody's telling porkies, but mm-hmm. who is it? And obviously it's the Ferengi, because yeah. they're just big porky pies. Well, one Ferengi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Riker yeah. was creating a bond with... Oh, they had a really nice the little Roman ship. Well, I guess the second command of the Ferengi ship, yeah. Number one. Yeah, the number one Ferengi. Yeah, and then Picard's over there, and he's just in like this complete, what's the word, trance. Mm-hmm. And they've got to try and get through to him, and they're like, "Captain, please, no!" And I can't remember how they solve it. He the... breaks the uh, the thing that's on the bridge of the stargazer with him, ends the connection. Then he phaser it. Thing I can't remember how he does. Yeah, he phases it. But how does he get through to him to tell him to phaser it? I can't remember. I think he was just convincing. <laughs> God, if only he'd been a little <laughs> bit more convincing, a bit quicker. Yeah, I know, right. So Isn't then, always the way. The Ferengi, the second commander Ferengi ship, obviously finds out what the other Ferengi is doing. So he takes control of it. Says that you know this is actually an illegal technique. Don't think yeah, we've really got an it's apology. It's not profitable. And then we end the episode with the big D pulling the Stargazer mm. along and presumably taking it back mm. to a starbase. How weird getting like the Stargazer ship back. Mm. You've got to put yourself in John Luke's shoes now. He's got he's got the flagship. Now he's got this beautiful big flagship. She. You know, the Enterprise D is the queen of Starfleet. Gorgeous. And then the old lady shows up, looking tired, haggard. But you still love her. Hasn't aged well, yeah. But, like, do you, does he feel awkward? Thinking, oh, God, yeah. Don't want the old missus imagine... meeting the new missus. <laughs> the newer model. I imagine his feeling is like a tenth of what I might feel if I saw my first car again. His thing is a tenth. Oh, yes. right, because yours is so much more. I don't think you will ever understand what that car meant to me. Okay. I feel like we're going to get emotional if we stay on this topic. So It was an orange KA with one broken wing mirror. KA. See, I did always used to call them... Cars. I know. Car. Don't. Please don't. Ford. Car. But it had one broken wing mirror. So I called it Nemo. Wow. I know. Did you ever fix the broken... I tried. ...mirror? With duct tape. You couldn't just take it to a garage? I didn't have any money. I was a teenager. Oh, dear. So you spend less money baby, on you know, booze and underage drinking? Um, no, not really. And then when I got my new car, which was just lush, it was Gino's predecessor. Okay. No, Mario's predecessor, Gino. I met Gino. Gino. Oh, did you? The white one? Yeah. Uh, it was obviously a beautiful piece of machinery, but I cried my eyes out when they towed my little orange one away. Did you? I cried you're, so hard. You're so emotional. <laughs> Thank God Picard wasn't crying then. So yeah. one scene that always strikes me in this episode is when Picard was like back in his, I don't know if it was his quarters or his ready room mm. or something from on the Stargazer, and he saw his old stuff again. That'd be so weird, wouldn't it? Like stumbling good. across, was it nine years, they said, or ten mm. years or thereabouts? And uh, I imagine he'd probably put it behind him as well, like he yeah. thought he'd never get that back. But I think that was the only ship. I could be wrong. I can't remember what goes on in the gap with Picard. Maybe that'll get filled as the show goes on. But I don't know what Picard was doing between the Stargazer and the Enterprise D. So how do you go from abandoning a ship to getting given the flagship? But <laughs> ten years the passes. Other one. <laughs> yeah, he lost the other one. So but it... here's a really special one. And here's the best part. We're going to put families and children on it. Yeah. 
Because we know that you're so good at taking care of starships. Yeah. I don't know how he got the ship and what was he doing in the time in between. I don't think he had another command before the Enterprise D. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure someone will let me know. We have quite a few TNG fans who listen to the show, actually, so maybe they'll tell me. But no spoilers, guys. No spoilers. No, he does that for you. I don't spoil. This is I'm ridiculous. joking. Calm down. I'm glad you are. People believe what you say. They think you're genuine, but you're disgenuine. Is that a word? I really hope so, because I use it lots. I don't think it's a word. <laughs> is it not? I don't know. Oh, Jesus. I don't think I've ever used it in my life. I definitely so. use it when I'm writing things. I don't know what the negative of genuine is. I would just use Disgenuine. Fake. Ungenuine? No, ungenuine's fake. Ingen... No. No, it's disgenuine. I'm going to have to I'm be searching it. Up yeah, I'm going to check it after this. Maybe we'll know before the end of this podcast whether or not disgenuine is a real word. I don't think so. You can, uh, you can check and surprise me at the end. Stick mm-hmm. around to the end, guys. So... The headaches thing. So apparently headaches have been eliminated by that point in the that future. That's a good world. Yeah, but I find it hard to believe. I mean, there's so many bright lights on screens and things around there. I'm thinking, that's going to give you a headache. Yeah, but all they have to do is, like, poke one of those things mm. in your neck and it goes, and then you're fine. Yes, yeah, so are we saying then that the that the headache is gone, is gone, like it doesn't exist anymore? Which I seems think, unlikely. Or are we saying it. it's just such a easy fix straight away just get a hypo yeah gone. i bet you don't even have to go to medical for that you probably yeah. just have like a thing yeah. in your bed it's like i'm gonna box a paracetamol for, mm. for a headache i wonder if they got rid of period pains well surely they could what have a wonderful world that would be so ferengi were back in this episode mm. and we had a lot less of the crazy bad performing arts class acting that we saw in yeah, interpretive the dance ferengi yeah so uh, it looked like they were going to start doing that on the view screen at one point and i was like please don't but they were starting to talk more about profit in this one and we're starting to see already a change of shift of them, which is so crazy. The episode they were in before would not have aired to the public yet, but they've already done a course direction, uh, a redirection, sorry, a course change. They probably realised the that they looked kind of ridiculous last yeah. time. So they've changed that. So then, yeah, they're much more of a profit now. And I'm kind of cool with that. We're still a ways away from where you see uh, Quark at in DS9, but the change is happening did you like the Ferengi more in this episode than the previous one? Yes, immeasurably more so. They seemed more... What's the word? Less... Um, Ridiculous? Yeah. Cheesy? Yes. Yeah. And simple. The first time, they just seemed a bit simple. Yeah, the big enemy of... And it's like, ooh, I'm so scared at these dancey ear creatures. But actually, like this time, I'm like, yeah, I can believe you. It's like a viable yeah. enemy. I get bad headaches. So the idea that someone could control my headaches... That's a little bit scary to me, actually. Maybe that's what happens to me when I... No, 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 that's just my children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although, possible plot hole. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, hit me It's up. very small. The other big D, Deanna, when they first came on the screen, Picard was like, what do you think? And her one job is to tell them what she's feeling from them. And what yeah. did she say? She said, I sense some big D. Deception. <laughs> Every time I think of a word beginning with D, I'm like, big D. She's like, There's, they're definitely being deceptive. Does anyone listen? No. She has one job to do, and it's to say, like, whether they're being honest, whether they're telling the truth. She tells them straight, no, they're not. They're being dishonest, and Picard doesn't listen. He could have saved himself a lot of trouble. I think if someone gives me a big starship and say, here you go, have that, I'm thinking, no, I'm not stepping foot on there. You're going to blow that thing the moment I step on it. That would have been my first thought. Especially if Deanna has already said they're not telling you the truth and then they give you the present of your old starship which was abandoned after a battle with them <laughs> yeah. like i'm not gonna be like 
okay guys, let's beam over there because that looks like a barrel of laughs. And also, if you are going to send people over, send over your red shirts. Don't send over so many important I mean, they never do people. that. It's like everyone who's super important on the bridge is like, yeah. just send them over there. What are the red shirts even doing at this point? They're probably in the bar, catching a drink. God, can I do that? There's not really red shirts on TNG either. If you think Commander in red in this one. Maybe that's why they got them wrong. Yeah, maybe that's why they keep putting their lives on the line. Mm. They know the legacy of the red shirt in Starfleet. Favourite moments in this episode at all? I liked when Picard got to go over to... The Stargazer, that was quite yeah. sweet. And he's like, hello, dear friend, or yeah. hello, my friend, or something. That That's was quite cool. sweet. And I just love the sexual chemistry between him and Dr. Crusher, just increasing by the moment. Yeah, we're only like, not even 10. Oh, this is, I think, the 10th episode. So we're like 10 episodes in, and already it's it's boiling over. It's almost unbearable. Good episode for you, though, or no? What yeah, I think? enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I like this one. I've been waiting for this one. I remember this one more from season one than most episodes. Not even, like, I didn't remember the headaches thing and all that. I just know it's when the Stargazer comes back. I think it was a fairly standard plot line. I mean, when you think about it, it's incredibly similar to The Passenger. You've got someone whose mind is not their own. True. They get taken over to a different ship. You have this tantalising moment at the end. It's like, ah, oh, they're going to die. And they're not. Well, the basic plot they was that Ferengi who Picard pissed off nine or ten years earlier came back with that same ship and tricked him with it. Gave him a headache, and then Picard thought he was in the past. Hmm. And then they managed to stop it, and that was it. I realised there were some difficulties, but <laughs> in general, just saying. So the last episode we're going to talk about is from the original series. We're heading back to 1966. I think it was still 66 at this Jump point. Jump in your time machine. Yeah, and we're going to talk about well, a character you're familiar with Ooh. from Star Trek Discovery, Harry Mudd in Mudd's Women. Rain... What's his name? Rain Wilson. Hmm. In Discovery, yeah. Hmm. Not in this, no. obviously. He would probably have been a baby or something. If he was even alive. No, he wouldn't hmm. even been alive, I no. don't think. State your name for the record. Leo Francis Walsh. Incorrect. Your correct name. Gentlemen, surely you're not going to take the word of a soulless mechanical device over that of a real flesh and blood man. State your correct name for the record. Harry Mudd. Incorrect. Harcourt Fenton Mudd. Any past offences, Mr. Mudd? Of course not. Gentlemen, I'm simply an honest businessman. Incorrect. Blast that tin-plated pot. Okay, then, let's get to it. Please tell me what happened in Mudd's Women in TOS. Um, so there's a ship and they're in trouble and I forgot his name, Kirk. Wow, main I know, guy. Right? Um, it's like, yeah, let's just get them out of there. And then they wait till the last minute and they beam them off. And it's a guy and three beautiful women. And the guy is like, well, they don't know it, but he gives some name that is wrong. Yeah. And they find him eventually. They do. In the database. And he's got some like... Um, ridiculous accent on as well some like weird irish accent or something anyway um everyone who sees the women are completely transfixed by them and they're like wow they're so beautiful and they try and figure out what's going on with guy they give him a lie detector turns out he's lying about a lot of shit <laughs> the women were taking these tablets that harry was yeah but you don't find that out until the to... end yeah but the rest is unimportant this was a really that's, that's true that's true they're taking these tablets Took him a while for him to find them, what he'd done with them, because he'd hidden them. Mm. So it turns out they just 
Well, I thought they were like old, becoming young, but they were talking about being ugly. I thought they looked fine. Did you? <laughs> they looked. They just hadn't put on their makeup for the day. I you know? know. They That's... looked better than me when I wake up. So I felt like their thing about being super ugly was really mean. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, look at this absolute hag. And I was like, she's stunning. I need to clarify, that is not not what you look like in the morning, anything like it. Uh... They definitely look worse than you in the mornings. Uh... (laughs) But anyway, yeah, they take the tablets, it's all fake. And then he wants to marry them off to people, but obviously that's not going to happen on the Enterprise. So they're approaching a planet with a bunch of miners or something Mm. who are going to give the ship, because they're running out of... I don't know what they were it's running like out of. It's like Venus. Oh, oh no. They run out of like dilithium oh. or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. So they need it for the Enterprise. They're going to the mine. Harry Mudd manages to speak to the miners before to say, look, do this deal. But say you want these three women for your wives. So he gives them away and they all start getting a bit unhappy about them. We have one of the women who really doesn't like that they're lying. She's got a great conscience. She has got a good, yeah. I mean, she still did it though at the start. But, mm. uh, and then in the end, she chooses to... I guess what show a real face was it at the end? I can't mm. even remember. To, to oh well, the guy. no, at the end, which was just hysterical. She took the tablet, air quotes, and then was beautiful again. But actually, what she took was something else that wasn't the right, thing. Yeah. Beauty comes from confidence. Yeah, you guys. And it tricked him. I forgot all about this. It tricked him because he started to see the beautiful person just after he was talking to her. Yeah. Actually, she wasn't looking beautiful. She was still a hag. Yeah. But she just had wow. confidence. There was a nice message in there. That's a oh, nice message. Yeah. Beauty is within. And people look more beautiful because of what you see, like what you learn about them. That sure. is 100% true. Yeah, of course. How can you argue that? But the fact that they had them as like ugly, oh my gosh, look how ugly they are before they yeah, take the tablets. I, mean, I was like, they are not ugly. And also... Well, they were ugly, Kate. No, they weren't. They were. No, they weren't. Without they the thing. They looked like they were... They looked they look like 80 years old. No, they didn't. They did. They looked like they were in their 50s or 60s. And anyway, they were still really pretty. What? What is going on right now? It wasn't like they were like, you know, like when they do like typical witch looks with like the huge warts on their yeah, nose. Okay. Or like oh, the big teeth nose. that were like hanging out of them. Like they looked Okay, fine. yeah, it wasn't, as, it wasn't OTT like that, but they weren't great. I mean, I realised that for the end bit, they kind of had to do it that way because... You're they not show really, a difference. Yeah, you need it to be like a marginal difference so that when she takes the tablet at the end, oh no, you didn't actually take the tablet, beauty's from within. You needed that kind of thing. But it was, yeah. So you weren't a fan of that whole outcome? No, no, I, the episode was fine. Oh, Harry doesn't get away either, by the way. No. Here's a thought for you. You know when they find out he's Harry Mudd? They bring his name up and see the files. Now Spock, I can't remember if Spock was the one looking at it. If he was, he would have probably potentially seen mention of Discovery experiences with them. So in that moment of that episode, now we know that Spock might have been remembering Michael Burnham, but couldn't say anything. Eh? What do you think about that? Throughout this whole episode, Spock could have been sort of reminiscing about... I think people are going to be mad at you. I shouldn't mention Discovery, heaven forbid, but... No, No, you shouldn't. Starfleet forbids it. Oh, true, yeah. That is actually true. It's been wiped from the I am forbidden from talking about it, yeah. This episode was, for me, a struggle. I love how before we started recording, we were talking about like which episodes we were going to talk about, and we haven't talked about it. We don't really no. chat while we're watching it or afterwards about it. We save it all for this. And I was like, I remember it, but there were just bits, and you were like, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> Not an awful lot happened, so yeah. don't worry about it. 
yeah, it, uh, it was not a great episode. I think for me, this is the first completely wasted hour of my life in this rewatch. <laughs> Honestly. And I try to stay positive, but this one... You picked TOS. Did I we have it like TOS. over dinner or just before the kids were going to bed? So we had mm. them with the phone. They were watching our phones with the headphones in. And so we were watching it. Oh my God. I remember thinking of all the episodes we could have picked for this moment in time. We've picked this. We've got our children quiet so that I can watch TOS objectify women again. <laughs> <laughs> again. Again. I feel like this is going to be a theme. One thing I'm struggling with the TOS right now is that for a show that's lauded for its representation and even for what it did for representation of women in that. Yeah, no. It's so far is really, really over-sexualized and is objectifying women lots. It's infuriating. Lots. To the point where, I know, and people say, oh yeah, but for the time, this is like breaking boundaries. But I've seen other TV from the 60s, like American TV, mm. just your standard stuff that's still popular now. And I haven't seen them objectifying women the way these two S ones have so far. It's I, early days on the show, we should point mm, out. But I've got to be frank, I don't really give a shit what time it was in. Don't do that. Just no. don't do it. That's what the world was like at the time, though. You know, men were no, well, that's not okay. in complete control. I mean, no. I mean, I know, I know, we can't really go back and change any of that because you'd basically have to erase the whole of TOS from any kind of record. I mean, but... The show was doing a lot of good, but yeah, I think they that was yeah. But you know what they used to say though about what Gene Roddenberry used to do with the show was that he would try and put things messages into the show that would not get noticed by the network executives. So, actually, as I'm saying that now, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh because the whole message of the booty is within thing, he would have potentially just sort of wanted that popped in at the end, but let's get these really beautiful women before and talk about taking wives, beautiful wives and stuff, because the network executives will be seeing that part of the episode, the most, the biggest chunk of it, and think, yeah, we're showing some sexy women and all this malarkey, small outfits, and they're not really hung up on what the, the message was about the episode at the end. And but he did that with lots of things. Else have been. Like, by the time they watched the episode... True. But we've talked about that message, though, on this podcast. Yeah, but it's barely what I remember. And I'm thinking, actually, now that you say it, with a little bit more, maybe, forgiveness towards it, maybe, actually, it was a tad empowering. Oh, wow. No, no, no. I, I mean, no. But I'm just trying to see it from a different point of view. I mean, like, there was that one woman who had a conscience, which was lovely. Yeah. And also, it wasn't so much like they were being controlled. They were controlling what was going on. Yes, by using, like, some magical pill to make themselves beautiful rather than, like, hyper-intelligent or anything else that, you know, (laughs) other qualities that women do possess rather than just rampant sexuality. But, yeah, I guess I can see that there was a little bit of... I mean, I mean, at a stretch. (laughs) Okay. I was just disinterested. I guess the only way I can describe my own feelings in this episode is that it felt like nothing was happening. It was 50 minutes of nothing. Static. Yeah, of static. There was a lot of focus on Harry Mudd and the women. And I want to be spending time with Kirk, with Spock um, and Bones and, and see all mm. those. But And that wasn't there. So, I mean, do you feel similar? I mean, in TOS, there's a lot of dead space with the acting stairs anyway. <laughs> but I think I would have preferred that. <laughs> You enjoyed TOS, though. More of that. We should point out. You, I do. You do. You actually do. Are, the biggest surprise of this entire I mean, I, show I has been you enjoying TOS. I chose it yeah. as, as an option. So I'm not against it in any way. I think one thing we're prepared for on her first trek is that we're in the first seasons of TNG, DS9, Voyager. I mean, some of those seasons are considered weak by some fans. And I'm going to get lynched now by 
Amy Nelson for mentioning them. But I'm not saying that they're right. I'm just saying that we're aware that there's going to be some bumps along the road. Oh, no um, show is perfect with from TOS, start to finish. There's going to be some bumps from just the age of the show, I think. So this talk about one thing I'm really curious about, though. Sure. You know, you knew Harry Mudd hmm. going into this episode. Was it cool to see Harry Mudd again? Do you even... Can you in your head accept it as the same character? No, I don't connect really? the two at all. Because... I was quite excited because I always feel really special when I know something about what's going to happen. Mm. So even though I I joked about you being the spoiler, when you said, oh, the Stargazer was Picard's first ship or we were watching it and then it turned up in the episode, I was like, I know something about this. Hooray. Yeah. I'm not thick. So when this Harry Mudd character came out, I mean, imagine if that's the first time you're seeing him ever. He doesn't strike me as the kind of character that I'm going to see again if I'm just watching that episode, if you know mm. what I mean. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, Harry Mudd's back. The funny thing like, on that is I do think, I could be completely wrong, I think Mudd is the only villain who ever does show up again on the show. Mm. He didn't even seem that much like a villain in this episode, though. Like, he's just like a smuggler kind in of. In Discovery, he seems like a villain. But in this one, I'm kind of like, he's just a bit of a pain i get it i do get it so you prefer rain wilson oh tenfold he's really good on discovery it's a shame we haven't seen more of him mm. since maybe we will on strange new worlds i feel like the character of harry mudd has got to be like really smarmy and yeah. that's what rain wilson does well i thought i don't know i thought in this episode that he was quite smarmy i didn't feel like he was clever enough to be smart no he didn't seem very... he didn't seem calculated no and that's a difference yeah in discovery harry mudd was quite Always seemed to be. It seemed like everything he was doing had like a million reasons behind it, and then yeah. he'd sat and worked out all the possibilities. This guy, I feel like, was just bumbling from he one minute to the it. next. Yeah, he was winging it. So, final thought on that episode, then. I don't know whether you noticed how many times I've said this during the episode, but my final thoughts on it are, yeah. Wow, that's a new a new ranking <laughs> we might have to introduce. Just yeah, that's good. That's better than saying you hated it. It's better than. No. So it happened, basically. It's like a really bad sexual experience. It occurred. It Yeah, it took place. <laughs> it took place. Thank you very much for listening uh, to this show, guys. If you want to hear Katie's rankings of the episodes or and some final thoughts on it, uh, there is an after show that will be uh, on our Patreon, which is available right now if you are a, p- a patron. Listen to this. So you can go straight into that. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash nerdsince86 that fun otherwise thank you so much for listening we're flying through the show now i think let's fly Ooh, <laughs> little a little bit of discovery again let's fly yeah uh, so i'm really enjoying it how are you feeling now i always ask this each episode how are you feeling about the journey we've hit we talk about bumps in the road it's fair to say on these last couple of weeks we've hit a few bumps now are you, are you still enjoying mm-hmm. it do you like sitting down with like to watch an episode and you think, oh, I'm, I'm sitting down and going to enjoy an episode with my crew now. Yeah, I'm getting there with some of them, you know. Ooh, which ones? Spoilers. Ooh. Oh, yeah, okay. Spoilers. God, you reminded me of River Song there That's, from Doctor Who. That was Who. the point. Spoilers. Yeah, we're on the same page. We are, absolutely. 
hosted by Katie Harbin and myself, Kyle West. Her first Trek, a Star Trek review podcast, is produced by nerdsince86.com and is part of the hollowsweetmedia.com podcast network. If you would like extra content from us, including early access to her first Trek episodes, our Patreon-exclusive Her First Trek After Show, where we rank the episodes we've discussed each show, early access to Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast episodes, and much, much more, you can become a valued supporter of our show by signing up to our Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash nerdsince86 for more details. To keep up to date on all the news and updates from Her First Trek, be sure to follow at Her First Trek on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. To join the holosuitemedia.com community discussion group, simply type The Nexus, Holosuite Media's listeners community, into the Facebook search bar. Thank you for listening. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. Well, I mean, there's no COVID-19 in 2370-something. No, but you don't know what Tuvakian germs he has. Oh, he, he might might be a carrier. I don't know. I just thought <laughs> it was gross. I would have just used the spoon. I'd he carries like... the pawn far. <laughs> oh, Neelix with Ponfar. Neelix with Ponfar, Suzanne. Why have you just made this something that's in my brain? Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4 The Expanse, an Enterprise podcast. But I did feel like the switch to make him into just the cardboard cutout villain at the end, it felt like it was trying to find a way to justify to Paul bringing him in. Yeah. You know, and justify her shooting him. It was like, well, we can't have to Paul do this if, if there's any doubt about this guy, which would have maybe been more interesting because as Archer's saying to her in that final bit, you know, your, your mission is to bring him in. Judge yeah, and you're not the one deciding his fate. You've just been tasked bringing him in. Now, that would have hit much harder, I think, if we genuinely still had no idea whether uh, Menos was telling the truth or not. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek review podcast. Okay, well, it's one of those things where, like, you would expect, like, as medical history gets better and everything, like, life expectancy gets longer, just like we've experienced in our own kind of world and planet, right? Like, it's way better now than it was 50 years ago versus 100 versus 200, so. Versus 5,000 years ago where you'd be lucky to live to, like, 30? Yeah, exactly. We'd already (laughs) be done and dusted, my friend. Well, or we'd be super old. Right, we'd be like the village elders. (laughs) Computer, deactivate Holosuite.